Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. I'm Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and welcome today. I didn't do the math of the Warriors never-ending championship celebration. Let's say a month. Um, with me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining us this week, man who's struggling with something currently, <laughs> Lavender Gooms. Uh, you guys might actually be celebrating another championship in the next week or so. Mm, summer league championship. I, are we, I don't think. I think we're very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, your summer league team is very good as well. Kaminga just dropped like thirty a day ago. What? What? The young boys are coming, man. Like we got, we got homeboy out there shooting threes. Uh, Wiseman, you got seven fouls in sixteen minutes. I don't know why you're allowed to get seven fouls in any sort of game, be it summer league or not. But whatever. Because we're just trying to get these young kids some reps, Bobby. Yeah. You, I, uh, Mark was there, and we went. Summer league is fun to go to, man. If for no other reason, you buy the entire concession stand for twenty dollars, which we did. Is that how it always is? Is it always just like a bunch of games? Like, uh, yeah, that's what it is. It's because it's all no, it's, what it is. Mark is that it's uh, a lot of the first round picks uh, get get them a little burn, and then a bunch of young scrubs who will never make the NBA. And to be clear, Mark has attended this in person, but again, we were focused on mm -hmm. the two dollar dipping dots. The $3 popcorn we got. And again, for $20, bought the entire concession stand. <laughs> yeah. Entry into the stadium is what I was most interested in to access yeah, to Yeah, I think snack. we literally paid. I'm trying to remember what we paid when we went. It was We went, it was like not as big as it is now, I've noticed. They're like our stands weren't full at all. These aren't totally full, but like ours was empty. Um, yeah. the, games, the games only used to be on like NBA.com and NBA TV. And I have watched two back-to-back -back summer league games. Uh, today yeah dude literally we went we went i remember we were sitting this was like first championship the warriors won around that time um and i remember we went with our friend phil happy birthday to our friend phil by the way yeah. um talked about him a lot on this podcast we went it was the day after mcgregor mendez so whatever day that was so the day after we went and mostly because we we're like ha this seems like something cheap and it was like 25 bucks i think to just like go to whatever you want go into the games you know and that was pretty much it. But now it's a whole ass thing. Anyway, um, let's talk about MMA, where I just read Tony Ferguson say, hey, fathead Khabib. This is Twitter. So, at, hey, fathead at Team Khabib. Uh, you done binge eating that tiramisu yet? You run your mouth more than a treadmill. Treadmill emoji. Uh, cloud emoji. Leaf emoji? Uh, quit your bitching. And uh, Cha was on purpose there. Quit your bitching and sign on the dotted line so I can outwork you again. Outwork person lifting wait, emoji. You never fought him. Wait, wait. No, no. Yeah, okay. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah again, 29 and 1. Uh, emoji of a snack cake, presumably because Tiramiso is not a emoji. And then he just said, call himself champ. And then there was a magic wand. And then it says CSO, which is champ shit only. If you speak Tony Ferguson, CSO is important. American flag, trophy, Mexican flag, hashtag, 
what a eunuch. Some confidence of man without a dick. Um, followed by man, uh, the face palming emoji. So Tony Ferguson showing no signs of any mental trauma. Um, yeah, he really wants to coach uh, Ultimate Fighter against Khabib. Is he? Is he still in the UFC? Tony or Khabib? <laughs> Tony. Did he win or lose recently? Did he fight somebody just recently? Thought maybe he won one, did, but did, I honestly did Mike don't Chandler remember. beat him up? Isn't that? Did that how, I've lost track of the Tony Ferguson. I don't remember ever having a feel good moment because Tony Ferguson won a fight. Because it's always a goddamn. War because just been pressing the last few years. Uh, he got front kicked by Michael Chandler. Remember there from like go. the side. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like anyway, it was after the first round. We we're like, man, Tony looks so. Tony looks like Tony still. Yeah, all right. Then boom, front kick. Oh, he looks asleep. Like recent Tony. I mean, um, four losses in a row. Not really. Yeah, a good but those. Standing it's point, literally but four against the top. I think those guys are all top five. I think he literally lost to four of the top five fighters. For sure, but, but he's also calling out like. The pound for pound. Not to fight. Essentially greatest. Not to fight. Just, just, to just, be on, coach. just to be on the ultimate fighter. Yeah. he's Look, I Tony's guess. trying to save this franchise, Mark. All right. He's a tough alum. Sure. He embarrassed himself on tough. He won tough? Yeah, he did. I, I think, think so. so. Yeah, he yeah. won the Brock one. Because he still calls Brock coach. Mm -hmm. It's weird if they ever mm -hmm. see each other. Strange. Um. Anyway, let's get going here. Um. Folks, in the Battle of the Hafaels. You know, a fight that was rebooked multiple times. I remember when I first told my girlfriend, my girlfriend about it too. I told Fizz, I told her, "Hey, this younger Rafael is calling out the older Rafael." She thought that was a bit unnecessary for him to get called out. Um, well, he won. Young guy won. Rafael Fizave mm. or Rafael Fizave knocked out Rafael Dos Anjos because Rafael is Russian of some kind. Um, sure, yeah. got him with a fifth round uh, knockout. Over mm -hmm. uh, at, in the Apex this past Saturday, um, Marcus, uh, mm -hmm. it's hard to look good about how against Rafael Dos Anjos. We talked about it before the show started, how he's only ever been finished that we could, I think, find. We were mentioning he got finished when he lost his title seven years ago mm -hmm. to um, Eddie Alvarez, and he lost when he broke his jaw ten years ago. Yeah. We were in person for that one. And then at some other one, at some point, he got KO'd by Jeremy Stevens. That happened as well. So, anyway. Yeah, it's uh, a short list for yeah. a guy that's kind of fought in everybody. Yeah, so. so a little bit tough at first. Tough going at first for Fizabe. He was winning. I think he was up on all the scorecards. I think he won all three, the first three. Did he lose the fourth and then finish him in the I fifth? I thought he did. I thought he did. I think that um, it was 3-1 for most people. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah. I was I was stretched out on the couch for this one, and you know rounds one through three are a little hazy. I was in and out, um, so I don't remember you know super clearly who won what. But it seemed like it was a very closely contested fight. You know, if Faze was winning it, it wasn't by a landslide. You know, I, I think Dos Anjos was acquitting himself well and showing that he's just he's a veteran. He's a tough guy to to win rounds on. You know, he knows how to fight. He knows how to neutralize a lot of stuff but it was in that fifth round where he was able to crack him with a good clean shot and i guess there was some controversy about like you know it got stopped pretty quickly after he got on the ground but i don't think there's you know who, who's really to fight no, this. And dos I don't anjos, think, uh, dos anjos, was dos anjos either, is but. a class act he's like no i lost yeah he i, got I lost for that sure. was it i lost that was it um so he called out justin gaethje fizayev and mm -hmm. um, I would just like to firmly say, fuck yeah. Um, 
I like that matchup more than um, the gentleman who won a couple weeks ago. Um, oh, right. Gamrot, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the young blood. Yeah. Which, not because I don't think Gamrot deserves it, even though I think you and I both thought he lost that fight. It was a very close fight when he uh, fought. Um, I forgot the gentleman's name already. Armin um, Sarakian. Armor Sarakian. That was the matchup. But Gamrot, you know. He uh he wants for Justin Gaethje. I just don't think that's as fun because I think this is an opportunity for, given Fizave's style, Marcus. You put him and Gaethje on a pay per view. Hopefully, like I know five rounds would be cool, but put him on a pay per view so people like the media talks yeah. about it. So ESPN, mm-hmm. like when I watch like Pat McAfee or any other random ESPN show, they pay per view gets more attention. I think that'd be a real good opportunity for them to like show like to really build Fizave. Um, yeah, what do you I think? totally agree. I mean, I think this is, I mean, we talk about lightweight division quite a lot. It's stacked. There is still a lot of top talent that has name value, like Gaethje, Chandler. There's a lot of guys at the top that like people know and w- would be excited about. And I think there's a new generation that's coming up that people just aren't aware of. And we, when you talk about Gamrot and um, Armin, uh, that main event, it was like, you know, it was a great fight. It was a good showcase of where this division is going. But I don't imagine it moved the needle i don't think a lot of people watch that main event but yeah you get gaichi versus anybody and people are going to be interested especially on a pay-per-view i mean and that's anything with gaichi is worth you just write down fight of the night and like assume that and like you erased it if it's not true it's like we assume it's true until proven otherwise with that fight yeah and this is i mean fazeev it seems like he'd be a great opponent he would be game they would stand and brawl it out and it would be a fantastic fight and if he can beat gaichi that's a huge scalp. You know, Dos Anjos is very impressive. That's a great win for him. And to finish him, you know, is impressive. But I don't, again, this being the main event, I don't know, you know, how many people really saw it or, you know, how many people are still familiar with Yeah, I wonder with. about these, man. Because I was used to think, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I mean, I know the UFC is printing money. We all know that. And I think a lot of that is always the guarantees because ESPN is paying them for the shows. There's no Absolutely. attendance for these ones. And um, I'm looking at Fazave's last five fights in the notes section of Wikipedia. So this fight, performance yes. of the night. The yeah, one before, of performance of the night. Bobby Green, another one, fight of the night. Before that, Montano, performance may, of the night. Before yeah, that, fight of the may night. May I ask, may I ask, what cards are those on? Um, This was on ESPN. The previous one was on, uh, I think Font and Aldo was on flat out ESPN. It wasn't just a plus card. The yeah. ones before that, Mike, the Bobby Knight fight of the night, Bobby Green fight of the night was on pay-per-view, and the Montano mm. knockout was... Well, okay, it was at least on the pay-per-view card. I'm not sure if they were on. I, yeah, I'm I don't not, think not, it was. That makes card. you think. That makes you think. How does someone get more eyeballs in today in today's age now? Is it on viral? a pay-per-view? I mean, well, yeah. I, I, th- I, I, but is it in, is it in a pay-per-view or is it just being on ESPN Plus? I just think that, Mike. Honestly, I just think it's gonna be hard. And by the way, your camera either got disconnected or I don't know if it was intentional. Just a heads up. Really? Um, I see yeah. Uh, I see my. I see my camera. Oh, that's great. Well, it's just mine then. Awesome. Oh, okay. Um, All right. That's your shit then. So, um, okay. Well, just as a note, I don't know if you want to talk. So, you got to just kind of butt in. Um, Cool. So, uh, I think, honestly, I just... I think I'm I'm just trying to get a little bit of... I think the whole point of these being on ESPN pay-per-views... And I've noticed every ESPN pay-per-view... Every pay-per-view since going to ESPN, I am seeing, like, some national sports attention. And some of that is because... ESPN does drive the narrative of, you know, mm-hmm. the national sports conversation. So 
I think if they were on actual pay-per-view as one of the pay-per-view fights, not like just on the card, I think we'd see it like in the build-up on Sports Center, like, oh, put like, you know, they put two title fights and then they'll put this as, you know, you know, they'll do the two title fights and then the other fight, the next one down is like a banger. Like that's kind of been the gimmick a lot of times. This is that banger. Like, I think they, you know, they can put this on, maybe give them three, I don't know what Justin's doing, really. I don't remember the last time he fought. Is when he fought Oliveira, probably? Was that the worst night for Trevor Whitman ever? When Whitman, uh, Gaethje, and... Yeah, I think and, that was uh, the last one, because that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. I think you're right. I was going to say, give him, like, you know, some, like, early fall, or maybe middle middle of fall fight card. I think that would be a good fight to slot him in, and I think it would really shine, you know, on a pay-per-view like that, you know, leading into, like, because that's... I think it would do well. I'm just... Again, Mike, I don't know what makes anybody a star anymore. I also don't think they care. I mean, they're making money regardless. They don't. They, they don't need somebody bigger than the sport. So I mean, not that I'm saying Fizave is going to be that, but how do you make a star? I don't know, and the UFC doesn't either. What do you think? <laughs> That's you, Mr. Sanchez. He oh, to sorry. I, I, I thought he was directing that question towards you. My bad. Nah. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Um, I think we've talked about this ad nauseum before when it comes to the UFC. For the most part, they're not making any stars anymore. It's either because of some viral moment or the guy, you know, wears pink and just fights tomato cans and knocks them all out and kind of makes his own hype. Um, I guess the only answer I really have is who knows? Uh, some people just catch lightning in a bottle. Um, and some people, they get pushed on pay-per-views from the very beginning from the UFC. And they don't even ca- they don't catch on even if they win. So yeah. who who knows? Mike, do me a favor. Great click, for a podcast. Yeah, do me a favor. Click the camera button and then click it again. Just let me just see if that fixes anything for me. Um. Anyway, uh, Marcus, the rest of this card. Oh, there it goes. Mm-hmm. I see Mike. The rest of this card. Cool. Um. What anything stand out the parts you saw? Because I mean, I I saw some people talking about Kayo a little bit. Uh, you know, looking like he might be something there, Kayo uh, Boraljo. Uh, um, did you catch his fight by chance? Yeah, I mean that. Fight, I mean, honestly, the fight wasn't super entertaining because he found out pretty early. Mm. I mean, one what I liked about Kaio was like he's got a good double, he's got a good power. He um, he drives in and he finishes the takedowns, and he had good back control. So this was really a fight where I think standing. A lot of people were interested to see these two guys go at it because they're two you know very skilled stand up fighters. But Kaio quickly found out that he could take him down and control and, and won the fight in that manner. And I think after the fight, he said like, "Look, like I'm not dumb." Like if I can if I can exploit someone's weakness, you know, it may not be the most exciting thing, but you know, I'm trying to get W's in a co-main event slot. So, you know, no harm there. You know, he, he found the, the easiest route to victory and exploited it. It just wasn't the most exciting fight in the world. But it did show that, you know, he's a well-rounded fighter. He can stand. And again, that double's really good. It's not like he shot on him and got on the hips and had to work it on the cage. Like he shot in and completed those doubles um with some real skills. So that that was impressive. Um the Saad Nurmagomedov fight was was pretty good. I think what I need to remember about this Nurmagomedov is that he's not a wrestler. He's more of a striker. He's very lengthy at bantamweight. So he was really able to control the distance just because he liked to throw high kicks. He liked to throw spinning kicks. So it was really tough for um, Silva to, to negate that and get his strikes in. But it was a fairly competitive fight. Um, Chase Sherman and Jer- uh, Jared Vandera. Um, this is actually a pretty f- good fight. You know, Chase has pretty good stand-up. The Vanilla Gorilla? Was, 
Yeah, he was really he was putting it together in the standup. He was moving his head. He was attacking the legs, the body. I liked he was going to the body a lot. Um, Jared was just the bigger guy, and you can tell the few times he got some cracks on him, he was able to put some damage. And then it looked like it was going to the distance, and then Chase really scored a great combination, was able to finish the fight. So that was really good. Um, and then I do want to mention the Michael Johnson, uh, Jamie uh, uh, Malarkey fight was, I, I think, and Bob, I don't know if you have the um, the wiki up. I, I hope he got uh, fight of the night because this was a banger. And, and something we've seen from uh, Michael Johnson throughout his career. I mean, his record is kind of abysmal. They did get fight of the 21. night. Good, as they should. Michael Johnson can 20... win or lose any fight. Literally yeah. any fight. <laughs> and it's a little frustrating because we know that he has the wrestling credentials and he just can't really seem to get the fights in that mode very often. So he ends up standing with these guys. And in the first fight, he cracked Malarkey hard with a left straight. And then I think he kind of let that round get away because he got in this like this sprawl position where Malaki was kind of on all fours. And he kind of just sat there. He was talking to his corner a lot about potentially what to do next and really didn't capitalize on that damage. Malarkey was able to come back in that round and hurt Michael Johnson two times before the end of the round, probably stole that round away from him. And then it looked like it was all the Malarkey show. In round two, he was piecing Johnson up. He was scoring great shots. And then between rounds two and three, um, Hoof told him, like, look, you're getting tagged when you're when you're standing still. Like, move around and attack, and you will, you know, win this fight. And he did that in the third, and he was really tuning up Malarkey. So going to the judges' scorecard, it was super close. It all came down to how you scored that first round. And I had Malarkey getting the first round, and the judges did too. So it was one of those things where it was like, again, in pride rules, overall fight, Johnson wins this because he was, he was really – dominating malarkey in that third round and you can tell the gas tank was definitely running on empty um but you know he did enough in the in the one and two to get the nod so it was a good fight man how much are we do we all enjoy saying malarkey Just i mean you know anyone, if, if the press likes at it, any point say what a load of malarkey i think this cat's australian too right um Jamie yeah malarkey. yeah, yeah. see so them and all the fun we're having with his name um all right um ufc is back next week this time on actual tv with, I'm sorry, at this time on TV with an actual crowd, meaning they had to try a little bit with this uh, fight card, which they did, quite frankly. A pretty good card, uh, especially the main card. Um, we're going to talk about that shortly. Uh, in the meantime, we got a little bit of news to go through. First off, Star-Lord backpedaling real quick on those uh, that Izzy Adesanya criticism, um, mm. where he apologized to Izzy saying, you know, I don't like it when people criticize my work when they don't know what they're talking about and, you know. It's, I shouldn't have, I made myself a hypocrite, so. Which is fitting, considering that movie of his, The Terminal, did not get good reviews. Is that the thing, is it on a TV show or is it a movie? I don't know, it's that's the shit Cowboy is in. Yeah, I think it's an Amazon movie. Okay, because whatever movie. it is, is like now the number one thing on Amazon. Yeah, like, well, what does that mean? I mean, I don't know. That's kind of the goal, to make money, you know? That's, that seems like it, it was a good thing to happen. I thought, I thought the goal was to be an artist, Bobby, to make art that would not, transcend not everybody, time. Not, not everybody is. That's what we're doing here with this podcast. God, this is what not going to talk about. This isn't Each gonna... of these podcasts is a goddamn masterpiece. These are all audio Mona Lisas. All right. This thing does it not even going <laughs> to transcend to Tuesday. Like it's going <laughs> to that's going to be when it becomes obsolete. Um, so, yeah, Star-Lord out there apologizing for his criticism of Izzy Adesanya. Um, MMA fighters are real thin-skinned. 
if they ever turn on sports radio or anything else and listen to the shit football players and basketball players, like, Mike, I think the entire UFC roster would cry if they spent two days as Ben Simmons. Honestly, um, <laughs> like, this is a joke. I don't even know what the fuck is he's complaining Yo, about. Let here. let Skip Bayless get into MMA hardcore. Holy shit. Yo, they are going to go looking for Skip Bayless. Yo, all, all that happened with Stephen A. Smith was he said he thought Cowboy gave up. Woo! That was all he said. Do you know how many people they accuse of far worse <laughs> on, uh, in these other sports? I mean, good Lord. Um, all right. Um... Yeah, Nate Diaz is getting interviewed tomorrow by Ariel Hawani, presumably about the fact that the UFC... Dana White the other week just said, yeah, Nate should go find, go fight Jake Paul. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, okay, cut him. Let him go. Yeah, including Nate. He was like, all right, just I'm cut I'm done. Me, that was it. We're done. We can go home. Like, what are you... I like how the UFC is blatantly doing this to him. We're not even denying it. Um, just not at all. Um, Mark Ratner uh, came out against open scoring... Um, mm. Am I thinking of the wrong yeah. Ratner? No, I'm thinking of Bruce Ratner. Directly. So he says, but he he likes that. He likes he uh, this I, this annoyed me. Um, he says, in fairness, he's been involved in open scoring with boxing. This is Mark Ratner, who used to run the Nevada State Athletic Commission. He's not a total schmuck mm-hmm. here. Which, if he's you know, um, he's also against it. Though part of one of his reasons for being against it is, um, his one of his favorite moments is when he uh, he's waiting for the guy to say and still or and new and no other sport has that and I'm like okay then tell the fighter the fucking score don't tell me I, I'm like how about that <laughs> I'm okay with that as long as the fighters know I mean okay just don't tell us the last scorecard you know don't I mean, tell us the don't. last round it still yeah I mean I don't know I if I don't know I, after if I don't know with watching if I don't if we're on the like let's say the first four rounds you and I know the score I don't know. In the in the other scenarios, like if it's two two, I just thinking the other scenarios, like how badly is this fight judged that I'm gonna be like wondering, you know, I need to wonder at all times if like how badly they fucked it up for making it exciting for everybody. I, I mean, I know? think you make a good point about boxing. You know, when he's talking about a championship boxing fight, there's twelve rounds, so there's a wider margin in the points. So, yeah, if, if they have open scoring in boxing, yeah, by round 12, you probably have a de- – and, and they're telling you the score. You have a decent idea. Look at it, like, this guy's up three rounds. He didn't get any knockdowns in the last round. This guy won. But in MMA, it's such a smaller margin of points that, like, yeah, you really don't know. You're still have, you, you'll still have still have those moments of not knowing exactly who won, and you can still get ex- surprised. I, I mean, I just don't see the harm in, like – Well, he's also – th- he thinks the implementation – is he's I think he's more so against the implementation just because he's saying that there's okay. 50 commissions in theory. I, I'm not sure if every state has a commission, but they, mm-hmm. let's assume they are. And 38 of them are up to date on rules even. So I think he's like, sure. we already got that division. I think that might be part of his concern, which there's an argument to be made. Like, why do we got these commissions at all? Do we any of us think they do anything? Like, there's that also. Like, why don't the UFC just run their own fucking sport? Yeah, I mean, the NBA, I mean, doesn't, has, the NBA doesn't give a shit. Like, right, and every commission doesn't have to do open. Sc- I, I don't get why there's so much pushback on just like just try it, just have. I, I mean, especially this. Mm-hmm. My, my bad. Sorry, sorry, Mark. No, please sorry. go on. No, all I was gonna say is that your reason for not doing something that would make things so much better cannot be it's hard. That's yeah. I also I also would like to make the argument that there should be no the state athletic commission should not there should be no involvement. I don't think they need to do anything. 
I think that we can whatever we're charging these these uh organizations, like just take five hundred, like take like five hundred bucks off of that or whatever you're paying these people to actually try to be specific and just I don't. The NBA doesn't have to follow the fucking you know California State Basketball Commission. Like they don't give a shit. Are they worried about people thinking this shit is fixed? Because everybody thinks it's fixed anyway. The NBA, we're all kind of half sure it's been fixed, and we're okay with them picking, owning, having their own referees. Like, I don't know, Mark. Is there an? I mean, missing something? Why do we need a commission? Like at all? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, you could just have the UFC have its own, or these, you know, all these yeah. fight promotions have their own. I mean, I think it for a big organization like the UFC, it's like, well, yeah, they're big enough; they could hire their own refs and judges, and it wouldn't be that big a deal. I think a small organizations, it would be maybe more troublesome and more. You know, logistically might be a little like, like, okay, who is this referee? Okay, he's the promoter's, you know, brother-in-law or something. You know, I think there's, it's not bad to have some kind of governing rule where it's like these guys have to be accredited. They have to go through some type of training to, you know, hopefully, you know, to make them qualified for what they're doing. I'm not against the commission. I just don't see why something like this can't be tried. Right, I don't think every commission has to do it. I mean, like you said, every commission doesn't fucking, even follow the doing rules, it, right? But. Isn't that the whole thing? Invicta's going to try it in yeah, Kansas I mean, City. That's what we heard. So, like, look, okay, cool. Invicta's going to try it. Let's well, see how that works. You know, maybe the, it does. The maybe thing it is, doesn't. Is that, the thing is that there's no harm in trying it on a promotion that earns no money. I mean, what's so the harm in doing it to the UFC? What's the harm there, though? I don't understand how they're going to get hurt by just giving this a fucking shot. I I, I said that a little tongue in cheek, but I do think that if you are going to try it. You do work it out. And no offense, it's kind of like how with Major League Baseball, whenever they want to try a new rule, for example, the extra inning, put a guy on second base or a pitch clock. Um, Miners you first. You try it out. What? Miners first? Yeah, miners first. You try it in a place that the only people that are see it are the people that live in, you know, Podunk, Wyoming, where you know the bumblebees play and no one gives a shit about it and okay people care about invicta but it's not the ufc well do it in do, even do it in amateur mma then there's like some states have amateur mma like I, andy foster is a pretty progressive guy the guy running the california commission but he mm -hmm. always get people give him a lot of credit for running a good commission which might be why the ufc doesn't come here a lot because you know <laughs> just he's on top of stuff um i we have a pretty robust i think compared to other states amateur mma program even though it's and there's other issues with amateur MMA, in my opinion. It seems like just an excuse not to pay people. But I think, Mark, that seems like a good place to try it out, though. If we're going to have that, if we're going to have amateur MMA, let's fucking try it out. Sure. I mean, yeah, uh, that's the thing is, like, I, I've i seen sports that have done it because, like I said, we, we've talked about, like, K1 was doing it for a while. It didn't break the sport. It didn't make it any less fun. So I I, I don't see the, the harm in it, but, you know, it's tough to get in anything really changed or done i mean they changed the rules and there's still rules that i would like to see changed yeah, we're, still, we're still going through this judging thing where we're trying to all sort out what exactly it means to have like impact because sure. like the word is impact like how to have an impact in grappling what does that mean well we're still trying to sort mm. that out still so yeah man i think i don't know i really people say like oh the guy's gonna be up two rounds and just fucking like try not to get hit and i'm like well the other guy is gonna be down two rounds and the crowd is going to be pushing him like, hey, motherfucker, we all know you're going to lose. So are you accepting that or, you're going to lose or we're going to all just boo you? Or he'll straight up no, like, oh, shit. Time I, to fucking go. 
like there's there's no illusions now in my head that I'm actually or, winning this fight. Again, this is a, a sport you govern. If someone's up two rounds and they're avoiding the fight, the referee gives a warning, referee takes a point. There we now go. this is now this is this is tied up. This guy doesn't have to do a lot of damage. If he wins the round, you just got to draw because you're avoiding the fight and you just lost half your paycheck. I, you know, I, I, I not only stuff. do I think this is worth trying, I think it's a good idea. And I fair any the arguments against it. I understand it'd be difficult to organize, right? But assuming you are able to do this the same way you've been able to, you know, the UFC got this whole. I mean, give him credit, man. The UFC pushed this for you know regulation of this sport across the entire country. It happened eventually. They got it done. So, like, you can make improvements to this sport. Let's – we haven't hit the peak. This is – we can do yeah. better than this. I think a know? common criticism that a lot of fighters have is that the scoring is bad, right? The judges are bad, and they don't get it right. And I don't think this is necessarily going to fix that, but at least it, it adds some transparency. I think people so, also understanding the judge – I think the judging has made more sense to people now than ever before. More people I know have been like, okay, we know what effective striking means. We know what effective grappling means. Immediate impact. You know, like that's okay. Let's go. Mm-hmm. We know yeah, what this means. No, I agree. Um, yeah, because it was it was ambiguous before. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, yeah, you we'll know, see what if it changes, great. If it doesn't, say lobby. Um, Erie Prochaproaska said he wants to fight Glover only because he thinks he fought very poorly in the first one, and sure. would like to prove that he is a better fighter than that. And uh, Jan has decided this is uh, the definition of Yai of of Yiri breaking the samurai code. And I mm. decided I would like to tell Google I'm no longer interested in content related to uh, Jan Blahovich or Yuri Prohaska until there's a fight. Because I've lost, I don't want to listen to these people talk about this. Hold up. <laughs> I, I have something that if they, any of them actually do understand this, you know what? Sure, it's on. Which one of these motherfuckers is Japanese? Well, I think the guy with the top knot is, the guy with the top knot explains he's a samurai. The other okay. guy is just a guy named Yon okay. who hits What's like a What's his name? Yuri Prohaska. Mm, yeah, that sounds real like, Japanese. You're Dominican, your Dominican ass just started talking Japanese. What do you think? You don't think <laughs> uh, we got a situation here? I'm not. Hey, hey. I love anime and all that bullshit. I've never said I'm Japanese or, or I'm living by some Bushido code. All right? <laughs> I mean, okay. Oh, I honestly. Better yet. No, and everybody yet told someone, told some other round guy. Hey, yo, do yo. You're not living that you don't you're not living that samurai lifestyle, bro. What's up? <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know. Uh by the way, Jan, by the way, Jan won a fight where homeboy's leg exploded. I'm not saying Jan wasn't winning a fight against Rackage Mark, but like Yeah. Shit wasn't definitive. Like yeah. you're I not mean, we talked about it. Yeah. I, I feel more than some other injuries. He caused it in to yeah, some no, degree, I do. but But this isn't Tyron Woodley kicking Carlos I mean, Condit in the leg. This is not that. Like yeah, it's not I the mean, same thing. I think for Glover, it's he wasn't such a dominant champion that like it demands. A, I mean, Yon didn't get an immediate, immediate title rematch. shot. Yon didn't right. get an immediate and, title, and he and beat Yon fucking Izzy Adesanya. So. Yeah, and Yon was a little bit more dominant as a champion. So like, I, I honestly, I don't really care too much because I do think um, Yuri's such an interesting fighter that if they want to go back with Glover, I mean, that was one of the I, best I fights expect, we've ever seen. Yeah, too, and so. I expect he'd do better. Like, I, I, I personally don't feel like he performed very well in that fight from what we've seen of him. I think him and Jan would be a great fight. I think there's a lot of interesting fights because he's fairly fresh in the division. So whatever they end up doing and, you know, if they want to start talking samurai, you know, smack to each other and whatever, it doesn't really 
affect me or get me all i'm not mike i'm not all riled up about these these white boys pretending they're samurais and getting their katanas out on the on the tall grass field and they're gonna do some uh, ninja guidance shit or anything you know i'll just i'll watch the fights as they come yeah they i think mark summed it up well uh you, you don't really care whichever one they want to do is fine that's yeah, really yeah. it. The other thing, also, like, Jan says he wants to go sell out a big stadium with uh, Yuri in Europe. Right. I yeah. do, too. I think that'd be fun. Does the UFC give yeah. a shit to do that, though? That seems like a lot of – that seems like a real Fertitta thing to do, where we're going to go out there and try to push this thing. There's it's not been a lot of thing. people with buzz that are like, yo, let's do this big thing, and it never happens. I mean, besides – I mean, even Connor, I don't think, ever got – I mean, Connor was like – Well, Connor can get Ireland it because – the big stadium. He couldn't because they have a have this curfew thing going on over there where they can't do an event okay. for pay-per-view. These two – in fairness, when they – both of these guys, home, guys got home from winning the title, there were thousands yeah, of people there. So yeah. I'm down. I, again, if the UFC want, was interested in doing a stadium, cool. But if they're yeah, not – Again, that seems like a real Fertitta thing, man. They were doing all that shit with the Fertittas. Yeah. like. Not, I mean, look, Endeavor's printing money. You paid four and a half, four billion dollars something. You want to get exactly. your return on it, but anyway. Um, seeing we have any couple any fights announced, uh, we lost Darren Till. He was going to fight uh, Jack Hermanson in the UK, I believe, which was going to be a fun fight, man. I thought that was going to be a good one, Marcus. Um, sure. Yeah. And uh, Cynthia Calvillo versus Nina Nunes happening at uh, San Diego UFC Fight Night. Mike, people of San Diego, are they ready for Nina Nunez versus Cynthia Calvillo? I think the people of San Diego are ready for it. I am an expert on San Diego now. Did you get a San Diego-style burrito when you were there? I asked people what that meant, and they didn't know what that meant. Uh, that means they shove fries in the fucking thing. I don't know why they do that. Not everywhere will do it. Um, Mackenzie Dern versus Jan Jonan. Did, did Mackenzie just win? Or lose, I'm trying to think, her last fight. She was getting real close I, to a title shot. I think she won her last fight. Yeah, she beat Tisha Torres in the split. I think she did recently lose, though. Yeah. Uh, that Zhao fight is good. The UFC is big on Zhao also. The UFC, to very obvious degree, is trying to get some stuff going on in China. So Sure. Uh, any other news we saw? Let's see. Um I thought I saw a fight announcement that was kind of interesting, and now I don't remember. And this Jake Paul fights all over the place. Tommy Fury. Oh this yeah. By the way, guy. yeah, I uh, Jake Paul's fighting a fucking huge man. I'm like, kind of, I'd be excited if this happens. It seems like it's now it in jeopardy. It, what what happened know. to Hasim? He's hurt. He's out too now. Uh, no, Wait, they. I, what happened what to Hasim Rahman? What What I read today because I think Jake Paul was on the MMA Hour. He's saying that he wants Junior wants more money now. And he's not paying him a cent more because he's making more money on this fight than like 10 times that he's ever made. And it kind of seems like, well, all right, you don't want to pay him anymore. And he well, wants I mean, to get paid. But I think he also signed a contract. So it's yeah. like, well, just fight. I mean, honestly, Bobby, when you told me about, you know, this change from uh, Fury, it was exciting. because this, this is a big I mean, one of the things that I think you can criticize Jake Paul is like he has not fight guys his own size. Right. I mean, I, I think Jake Paul ha has proven that, you know, he's capable but I, I want to see him fight a boxer that, or, or even a combat sport guy that is his own size. So there's not that big advantage on his end. Um, and this definitely seemed like it would be the case. So I, I would be very interested. I'm more interested in this fight than I was with Fury. But we'll see. It seems like there's shenanigans and drama. So, you know, time will tell. I like the fight. Though. I like the guy fighting a boxer. I mean, a yeah. real boxer. I like that he's big. This guy's a big yes. man. And I look forward to Nate and him fighting in five months. Yeah, that, six months, seven too. months, whatever you want to do it. Fucking right, well, let's do it. Uh, some breaking news as of 17 minutes ago. Um, 
Joanne Wo- Joanne Wood, formerly Calderwood, has been removed from the UFC roster, meaning her contract is either up or I guess she got cut. She lost yeah. four to five. Yeah, six of eight. Um, got submitted in the first round in her last two fights with the same submission. T- uh, rear naked choke. In fairness, it was against Talia Santos and uh, Alexa Grasso. Not exactly mm. scrubs. Um, I hope this just means. I don't know. I hope just. I, I mean, I hope she does well. Seems like she's found some happiness personally. She was struggling a bit there. It seemed like, but I hope she comes back. Maybe we see her in Invicta or in Bellator. I don't know what Bellator's got a one twenty five or not. To be honest. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But just don't let them book you against like Cyborg for some reason because they have no fighters in Bellator. Sure. It might happen. You act like it won't happen. It could happen. I'd be uh, pretty surprised. <laughs> it could happen. Um, all right. Um, I think I think that's all the news I saw. Do you see anything else, guys? Yeah. Nah. It's time to pick uh, some fights. We got like three fights to pick. We're picking three fights on a fight night. Well, we're, we're not just on ESPN or ESPN Plus. We're that's on ABC, true. baby. We're traveling. We are on ABC because we got a handsome man on this card. All right. Adam Joban? No, he's I don't think I don't think he's fighting anymore for the UFC. We got the pride of Torrance, California, Brian Ortega on this card. Mm-hmm. We have him taking on another handsome man, quite frankly. The pride of I want to say Yair's from Mexico City. Let me not guess. Um he's not. The pride of Paral Chihuahua, Mexico, Yair Rodriguez. Um, Yair says if I, the UFC promised him a title shot if he wins this fight. I think he is telling the truth because there are no other options, guys. Um, he needs mm-hmm. to win this fight or Alex Volkanovsky's got nothing to do. Um, or he's, Alex, I mean, Islam's going to have to sit at home and Volkanovsky's fighting Charles Oliveira. That being said... Apparently, our boy Alex, while beating Max Holloway's ass, broke his hand or broke his thumb or broke something. He's out 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Something in his thumb. hand. I'm, was it just thumb? Okay. I think so, yeah. If you're going to break a finger, that is the one you don't want to break. Just putting that out there. Um, as someone who's broken his hand in many different places, <laughs> don't want to break the thumb. Um, yeah. Um, so maybe, you know, if he did lose, if Yair did lose, it gives us time to get another contender. Don't know who that would be. I guess Emmett is the only other guy out there. Um, so I'm sure Emmett is hoping for that Yair loss, but this is going to be a banger happening at the UBS arena in Elmont, New York, which is, I don't know, is Elmont, is Long Island not a city, Mike, or is it just an island and there's cities on that island? Do you understand? Do you know the situation? I know you're not from Long Island. Do do I know about Long Island? At all. Is that what you just asked? Yeah. I don't know if you do. I don't know. You normally, you, when I said you should go to this and you got, you got so upset about being even walking, going over to Long Island. I don't know if I was asking you to go to Baghdad or not. So no, I don't know. So, what do you feel about so this? What's, conf- what, what's confusing about it for someone that's not from New York is that there is like the part everyone considers Long Island, the county part. Mm. We have your Nassau. You got your Brentwood. You got your Hamptons. Mm. Uh, you got wherever the fuck MJF is from, right? And weirdly enough, the actual full island of Long Island includes Brooklyn and Queens. So, for example, Long okay. Island City is in Queens, actually right across the river from Manhattan. Okay. But when everyone, whenever anyone says Long Island, they're talking about the parts where, like, you actually got to drive out there. It's like MTA and LIRR service. You know, the parts 
of New York that no one gives a shit about. And pro tip, if anyone tells you, I'm from New York City, right? And they say anything besides, you know, the five boroughs, if they try to pass off Long Island as New York City, like my nephew used to do, go fuck off. This is why I just I was just asking the geography and I had to get that at the end about like, fuck you if you think you're from New York City. By the way, it used to be fuck you if you think you're from Manhattan, but now Mike lives in Queens, so he has to expand the things he's defending. No, no, no. <laughs> I've always considered the Bronx, Brooklyn, and and Queens part of New York City. I've just always considered them the lesser parts of New York City. And no, oh, I don't go over mistake. there. I'm not leaving it Manhattan. It was not a mistake. It was not a mistake. <laughs> I left out Staten Island. I, I know you. Staten Island. I just, you know, the Pete Davidson, what everything he says about Staten Island seems true. <laughs> and it bothers Staten, Staten Island is the equivalent of the elephant graveyard from The Lion King. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, do Brian not Ortega. go over there, Simba. Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez. This is going to be a banger, boys. There's no, I would be surprised this was, I don't know how this would be bad. Short of something happening in the first 30 seconds that I'm sure I've just jinxed. Um, but this is this is a serious goddamn fight. Brian T. City Ortega. Uh, I think his last fight uh, for Ortega was when he uh, lost to Alex, right? That crazy yeah. fight. That was back last mm -hmm. September. That's been a while. I mean, was it just because he um, he just took a beating and we we waited this long? Yeah, I don't know. Couldn't He's had a couple. He had a couple fights like that where we're like, "Hey, man, let's let T. City take a breather before he came back." Um, Yair's rolling, guys. Yair's rolling. Well, that's not true. Yair lost too. Yair gonna get a title shot off win mark, one win mark. I'm just asked that. Is he gonna get a title shot off one win here? Against Ortega and because he's a he's a fresh matchup for Alex, I think that's fair. He put up a good fight against Max also. That was a mm -hmm. that was a tougher fight yeah. for Max than we expected with uh Yair uh taking two rounds on two scorecards. So um Let's just uh, let's just get into that right now. Do we have the betting odds up for anybody at all in this one? Because I sure as shit don't. Negative. I now, don't have. All right. I, I'm, not, I I'm not a better, so I never got. Well, it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm going to say the DraftKings one. I'm going to say the DraftKings one. Well, Mike gets angry that I do that, but that's what's in front of me. Uh, Brian T. City Ortega minus one sixty five. Yair Rodriguez plus one forty. Um, I gotta go first, huh? All right. Mm -hmm. I don't really necessarily want this outcome. But I got I got T City man. I just here's the thing. I think he's a better fighter. Just overall, I think he's a better fighter than Yair. And I just don't. I'm in my head, Mark, measuring whether I we. I, I think this like he's taken too much abuse this early. Like, but he also took what eight months off now, nine months off. He has fought in Octo since October. Mm -hmm. You know, that's. I think he's okay. Hopefully. I got T-City taking this one. Five rounds is a long time not to get choked. It's a long time for T-City not to get you in that triangle. Um, so I got I got Brian getting this done here. Mike, who do you got? You are muted. That's my bet. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with Yair on this one. Um, you know what? At this point in the year, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to uh, win this year. You're only um, like you're barely behind us. How are you so know. sure? It's, it's July. Yeah, it's, it's July. Literally, it's this is the like midway point. November. <laughs> I am. I am giving up hope, man. Um, oh, it's no I'm fun about, if you give I'm up about, hope. I'm about to start making my hope picks. Right. <laughs> all right. So who you got? Right. Uh, no, I, I have Yair in this one. Um, 
mainly for some of the reasons that you kind of touched on where T-City, I think, has a very good chance of actually winning this fight. But for the division's sake, I would like to see Yair Rodriguez get into a position to go for a title shot. Um, I think he has very good stand-up. I don't know if that'll be good enough against Volkanovski, but it would be interesting to watch. That'd be an interesting fight just for Yair trying to figure out what to do and Alex doing what he does. Marcus, what do you think, man? You joining Mike on Team uh, Yair? Are you with me on uh, T-City? Yeah, no, I mean, not to to bash on Mike, but I'm, I'm not going to join the, the sinking ship of, of the captain <laughs> who's like, I've given up hope, and I'm just, I'm going to get on the life raft now, because I don't think this this ship's going to make it to shore. Uh, no, I mean, honestly, I, I do think this is a closely contested fight. I, I do think Rodriguez could win, because I do feel like he's probably a little bit more dynamic in the stand-up. What I do like in this uh, Ortega fight is we've seen brian really improved especially after losses you know after he lost to max when he fought i mean and again it was like a two-year layoff when he fought korean zombie and he looked like a completely different fighter his stand-up was so much more matured so i'm really interested to see now that it's been a year how he's going to approach this fight and i do think you know while rodriguez is probably going to be a little bit more dynamic and dangerous on the feet i think ortega can hold his own there i think he can fight find avenues to success but really, if he does get him to the ground, I think that's really where he's going to be able to capitalize. And while I agree with both of you, like Rodriguez would be a more compelling matchup for Alex um, instead of Ortega potentially getting a rematch. I think they could still sell that fight because Ortega was very close to finishing it. I mean, he got that choke. Granted, insane. Alex was able to get on top of him and then beat the living crap out of him and dominated that fight. There's no question who won that fight. Um, and it wouldn't be as compelling as having a new matchup, but I feel like in this particular, you know, combination of these two fighters, I think Ortega and the potential of submissions and ground, um, really puts them over the edge for me, but I think it's going to be a great fight overall. Um, and I think it is close. Yeah. Um, and Mike, just for you, the, uh, the fan duel part of fan duel betting odds, minus 174, uh, yeah, Brian Ortega plus 136 out my Brian is the favorite, so Chalk, as you will, is on his side as well. Mike, what are the updated standings, by the way? So I do not know because I haven't slept in two days and I haven't had the chance yet to look at the standings. Okay. I can only imagine I have fallen further no, into no. the abyss. Just look at the standings from last week and put a, add a one to everybody's total. We all, we all, we all got one. It's right. very easy. Yeah, right. exactly. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, you're just you're you're just as much behind as you were before. Oh, go fuck yourself. I can add one to everyone's thing. Uh you, Dr. Law, I don't have my window with the video up, so I'm gonna assume you're being an asshole with your sunglasses and your oh, he's belt. okay. <laughs> I was drinking water. I'm very thirsty. It's hot out here. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm still not checking. But uh Dr. Law is at 37 and 15. DJ Mark, 35 and 17. Chalk at 34 and 18, and me at 32 and 20. So I had 38? Yeah, 37. You said one. Oh, 37. Okay. So you're only five back, and you're giving up hope? Giving up hope. That's that's depressing. It's no fun. Um, All right. um, Amanda Lemos, Michelle Watterson, uh, number 11 versus number 10. Betting odds for this one over at the FanDuel's minus 400. Lemosh, Michelle Watterson's plus 285. Lemosh minus 320 on DraftKings. 
and Michelle Waterson plus 265. It's just tighter over on DraftKings, huh? In general. With MMA, at least. Um, Lemos coming off of a tough loss to Jessica Andrade um, back uh, back in April. Before that, um, just just throttling people. Just throttling these women since he, she dropped down to uh, straw weight. Finishes, both knockouts and submissions. Really was doing great. Michelle Watterson's lost three or four. Um, they're a common opponent. They got a, They both got that classic split decision win over Angela Hill. It's just what happens to Angela Hill. I think Angela Hill has got like 10 split decision fights. Just if I had Angela guess. Hill, if she did maybe just a little more, or if some judges just gave her certain fights, might be UFC champion. Yeah, well, she instead goes to splits and loses. Um, 13 and 12 overall, by the way, for her. All right. Um, I Before I even saw the lines, I'm just like, well, Michelle's going to get her ass beat here. Um, I'm picking Lemos, obviously. And Marcus, when I'm going to you here next, to your pick, but I'm starting to... I was noticing this when I was looking at lightweight, and it might be more pronounced there than in any other weight class. The next group is coming in every weight class. And sure, in, in I think featherweight, we might be waiting a little bit longer for them to come because Alex has run out of people to come to fight. But all these fight night dudes and all these fight night women, they're all coming, and they're coming fast. And... um. I don't, I think Michelle Watterson's time, and I know Lemos is 35 fucking years old, okay? I didn't, I understand that. But she's relatively a newcomer compared to these other women. Um, I, 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 Michelle Watterson's time in the top 15 is coming to an end. We're, we're, we're kind of, you know, we're coming to an end here. I'm that definitive about this. Amanda Lemos is winning this fight. Who do you got? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Amanda too. Um, mostly hasn't gotten subbed a lot that seems to be waterson's best i mean and i think when you look at the andrage submission that was kind of a kind of unique submission a standing mm-hmm. arm triangle Farm girl super, strength baby <laughs> yeah i mean a very strong opponent ca- got caught early and i think with waterson we do see more you know when she does get the sub which is her you know her best chance of winning it is usually on the ground i, I think amanda is going to be well-versed enough to not find herself in those positions where she's going to be compromised and give up a, you know, a, th- a throat for a rear naked choke or something along those lines. So yeah, I got Amanda too. And I agree. I mean, it's hard to uh, disprove your fact here when you look at, you know, well, Waterson's done the UFC and it's not like she's done horrible. You know, she, she, I think overall is like maybe even on wins. Six, and losses she's and six and five. She's six and five, which honestly for someone who's in the wrong weight class in the UFC, we all know that she was champion at Adam weight, right? Like, yeah. that's not a, she was the, that was her best weight class. That's when we started taking her seriously. UFC don't got that weight class. So the fact that she's been fighting women bigger than her this whole time and having a winning record and being a title contender up until like maybe three fights ago and now that, you know, she's a little older, admirable career. I didn't mean to slam her entirely, so. <laughs> no, yeah. But yeah, I do think Amanda is, you know, maybe definitely some fresher blood. And I think she's going to skill-wise and size-wise too. I mean, like you said, I think Amanda coming down to this weight class, Watterson having to come up, I think, you know, after weigh-ins, there's going to be more of a disparity there. And I think Amanda's going to be able to capitalize on that. So I got Amanda in this one too. It's interesting how there's only a one-year age difference, Mike, but I'm very confidently saying one of these is coming. One of these is on their way up. One of these is on their way down. Um, And yeah, Yeah, Lemos Lemos has got only an inch on her, but I guarantee you she's going to come in much heavier. She's going to come in much heavier, much heavier. Uh, yeah, Angela has always been a slightly taller um girl for her division, and even Amanda? though there's only one eight, what? 
What? What? what? Amanda, Amanda Lemos versus Michelle Watterson. You said uh, you said Angela. Sorry, um, my sorry, my my head is uh, okay. somewhere else. Head is somewhere else right now. Um, no, yeah, I I've got Lemos in, in, in this one as well. Um, Watterson's uh, Watterson's time, um, I think as a as a top contender, is um is gone. And still holds true that Watterson has always been a, a, a smaller girl for the division. And that's going to hold true with this one as well. Um, we're going to also pick a fight that got moved over here. Lauren Murphy versus Misha Tate. I'm going to be less emphatic with my pick here because the woman's coming off of COVID. And I don't have any concept of how bad that has been. Um. Michelle Watterson plus 175 on DraftKings to Misha Tate's minus 205. Minus 215 for Misha Tate to plus 164 for uh Lauren Murphy on FanDuel. Um I got I got I got Lauren Murphy. Um I I can't confidently tell you why, but this is part of it's a feeling thing, and part of it is just because the way Misha's talking about this weight class, like how she's just got this shit locked up when all yeah, that's happened. Well, she she came back, beat Marion Renault in Marion Renault's retirement fight, where she looked good, and then she went and lost a decision to Ketlin Vieira. Um, the next card, um, I don't know. I'm not. She needs. I know she wants it, and she wants to be a champion again and all that stuff. Um, Lauren Murphy was on a fucking run, guys. Like before she lost to Valentina Shevchenko, she'd won five straight against. Good fighters, man. Good fighters. So, I know we kind of just all view Lauren Murphy as just a veteran who just gets out there and just brawls and stuff, but one of them is doing better than the other one recently, and we got Amisha out there talking like how, you know, oh, I'm uh, I'm the uncrowned queen of this shit. Like, okay, I'm going to have to see it. So, I got Lauren Murphy. Mike, who do you got? I've still got Misha Tate. Yeah, fair right? enough. <laughs> I, I love the bravado, all right? It can either go really good where this is just a start of a of a second renaissance or shit is going to end badly. And either way, I am here for it. Marcus? Uh, yeah, I like Tate in this fight, too. I think stylistically this is one that should favor her a little bit more. I think the Vera fight, she had problems in the stand-up. I mean, Lauren Murphy has proven that that's not really her strength you know she is a good wrestler misha tate's a good wrestler i almost count on those two things kind of nullifying each other and this being more of a you know it might not be the most exciting fight i think it's going to be a little bit more tactical. Oh, i think it's going to suck i think potentially it's it's there's going to be low points you know i think misha's going to try to use her distancing and the striking with you know low kicks i mean and, and she's going to have to mask them because you don't want lauren to to power a single or double on you and get on your back but I think, you know, there'll be a lot of work in the clinch. It's really going to be who can grind it out. And both both of them have shown, like, they have an ability to really grind fights out. Um, and I just, I like Misha a little bit more in this one. But I think stylistically, it's it's a good matchup for both of them. They're It's going to play to both their strengths. And it's, it's really going to be, like, who wants it more. I think it's going to we'll be a sloppy see. fight. Just last sloppy I, standing fight, as my guess. If and I, I think, say. you know, like, what you're talking about with Misha, I think, you know, she took a lot of time off, and I think that kind of revitalized her. So I like, I like where her headspace is at. You know, whether you think it's egotistical and it, and it grades I, on I you. I think I'm Mark. I might be punting first place here too, and tying with you just because I don't enjoy Misha Tate's bravado and pretty. I don't know her being her having her own radio show where um, her and um, Renee Paquette 
Um, mm-hmm. have a have a I forgot the name of it, but they have a show. Yeah, it's like on Sirius or something too. I don't need to, I don't need to hear from any active fighter this much is what I thought I realized. I just yeah, I, mean, yeah, I don't need to hear from anybody that much sure. if you're still fighting. It's like when we got yeah. active fighters in the booth. I'm like, I don't need to hear from you this much, man. Let's just keep this when you're done with that, and then you come over here. Yeah, I kind of agree. I, I kind of like to have when you retire, it's a good plan B, and, and no one. Also, came Mike, back, there, like, nothing's gonna go horrible. She's not gonna. I mean, only certain fighters their pre-fight combat contents come back to them, like Izzy. You know, mm-hmm. his pre-fight stuff comes to him, you know, but not Max, who said he's going to finish Alex Volkanovsky in less than three rounds. But Izzy, for sure. Anytime Izzy says something, it's weird how that works, huh? Certain fighters, strange, you know, um, rest of this card, guys, we're not picking it. There's some good stuff on here, though, man. Um, Li Jing Lang doesn't really know how to have a boring fight. <laughs> like, Marcus, this guy's just going in there and throwing hands. Um to his own detriment at times, honestly. Especially mm-hmm. when he's taking on a master of sport and seven different kinds of fucking grappling uh, with uh, Muslim um, Salikov here. So I'm a little concerned he's going to get thrown in the air like a pizza pie. But Muslim likes to throw punches too. So that could actually be a really good fight. Um, yeah, on paper, it's a fun one. Yeah, we also got... Um, I like uh, this Shane Burgos, Charles Jordan fight. I just like Shane Burgos' fight style. Um, just action-packed. Um, he's from the Bronx. He's a Tiger Shulman guy. If you train under Tiger Shulman, my, uh, Mike, you gotta. We're, we're you know, we, you're here to strike. We we're not have, here to grapple. We, we we still have that like. Do, do you still have that um, that like bias towards Tiger Shulman, considering we were kids of the '90s? Let me tell you, Mike. I, I, I Mark might appreciate this too. The fact that I still see MMA fighters representing Tiger Shulman and fucking. Um, what's the name of the one uh, Carla represents? Oyama? I, the, I Oyama the Oyama yeah. fight team? The fact that those are still active teams, and like I saw John Crouch cornering a fighter. Not John Crouch. What's the other fucker? Hackleman was cornering a dude like a week ago. I just like that these guys are still here. All right? It makes me happy. So um, that's a good one. This is a good fight card, man. This is good. It's going to be on ABC. Hopefully a lot of people watch and, you know, you know, we get some excitement out of this thing. I think the main event is a very easy fight to sell. This is the mm-hmm. type of fight, by the way, I think it'd be good if it was... This would be the third fight on the pay-per-view, as I mentioned. The banger third fight that you put after the title fights. But both these guys are fairly well-known. That's it for the UFC, uh, we'll t- our picks for this card. Um, Jessica Panay curtain-jerking over there, Mike. Gotta, gotta get W's when you're curtain-jerking. Yeah, man. Um... And uh, next week, the UFC is in London, which I've already been trying to figure out if I'm picking Curtis Blades or Tom Aspinall in that one, guys. Just be honest. I'm still trying to figure that out right now. That's that's going to be a tough one. Um, all right. Um, I was just going to check real quickly to see if Bellator has got a fight card. They've done a poor job promoting happening this weekend. They aren't. Okay. Good to know. Um, but we do have Invicta happening... When, what day is the 20th, actually? Um, Never mind, that's next week. It's yep. still a week out, yeah. Next week, we're all good. Okay, um, that's it for our fight picks. Let's do stuff we like, but first I would like to bring to you guys a quote from Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker, former Strike Force alum, guys. Um, I'm just going to word for word uh, give you guys this guy's man's feelings on how we got to deal with climate change and the problems of climate change we all face as humanity. Quote, 
since we don't get since we don't control the air our good air decided to float over to china's bad air so when china gets our good air their bad air got to move so it moves oh over to our good airspace then well now we got to now we got we got now we got we to clean that back up oh no um again that is herschel walker a man who recently won a primary to represent the republican party in the state of georgia a man that they've gotten behind because they're like hey man what if we just send a black Republican out there and hope for the best against the uh, black Democrat? So, MMA fighters representing us well in different aspects of life. <laughs> um, we are not going to talk about Thor in any detail this week because one of us did not see it. I'll just say that I think just generally speaking, I thought they did a good job. I would say I liked it less than Thor 3. Maybe a little less than Thor 1, but I still very much... It, it's still a world better. It's still good. Thor 2 was bad. Um, Thor's 3, 4, and 1 still good. Um, that's the Thor separation. But I I, really, I I liked it. I thought it was funny. I thought, you know, Chris, uh, Hemsworth did some good shit. And uh, Mark called what was going to happen with the Guardians of the Galaxy pretty much to a fucking T, buddy. About how you're, you, th you, you called their involvement in the movie pretty much exactly. No. And no, how long they'd be there. Yeah, not, not uh, been that surprising. Um, but yeah, I did, we try to speak generally about it. I thought it was good. I think it's worth your time. And if you do see it this week, uh, folks, when we talk about it next week, yeah, uh, you know, we won't be spoiling it for you. Mike, Mark, just what did you think about it before I go into what I actually liked? <laughs> I thought it was great. At least the trailer. Okay, <laughs> the trailer was great. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, going into it, I had definitely heard mixed things about it. Which honestly, I kind of like that when I go into these movies and everyone's like, ah, I don't know, like. I, it makes my expectations low. So like, unless it's complete dog poop, I'll be like, it, it, it'll then exceed my expectations. And I think that's kind of what happened here. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a great time. You know, I, I after, while watching it, I had a fantastic fun time. Like after the fact, when I start like really thinking about it, I was like, Oh, you know, maybe this or that or the other could have been better or whatever. The movies but, like, are always a good time, bro. The Marvel movies, that's what they got, man. You have a good time yeah, when this shit's over. <laughs> you know, like I think he just knows how to make a fun script and, I'm there to have a good time, you know. I, I really, I've gone past the, the kind of geekdom of like, oh, like I wish it was more authentic to this, that, and the other, or, or what have you. It's like if it's fun and I, it, the two hours go by quickly and I'm not squirming in my seat, that's a success. And it was, oh, bro, oh the air conditioning wasn't going in our theater. Oh, that's no. Good. I mean, I felt it was a little, but it was like I was sitting there like a little toasty, and I'm like. Yeah. Am I being more nitpicky than I need to be about some of this because I'm just here a little, uh, uncomfortable. yeah, just a little uncomfortable. Eh, that's no fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fun, man. Yeah, it's uh, man. I think the older you get with all the entertainment you consume, and I think I talk about this a fair amount. Did you have a good time? Was it worth your time? That's really the ultimate thing, man. Did I not feel like I wasted some of my free time consuming this product? That's that thing. That's really you know. That's that's my general feeling on it. But Mike, try to see that flick this week so we can talk about it. Oh. Um. I am uh, just going to say that um, the James Webb uh, telescope thing makes me as happy as anything could, really. People who know me well know that I am one of those people who thinks NASA should have an unlimited budget, and I truly believe that. Um, I'm not interested in any argument against it, to be honest. I think the importance of the advancements of society... Okay, I'm exaggerating with fucking unlimited, but... I think that they, we should invest heavily in something like this because I think that the entire, I think humanity 
and I'm talking a little bit macro here and stuff. And But I think that humanity, one of its purposes is to explore. And, you know, what was that line from the West Wing where, you know, we left the cave and saw the sun and followed to the ocean and all that thing. And the space is next, man. That is next. And I know we got issues on this in this country we want to spend money on and stuff. The military budget. Just look at the military budget. Just look at the actual military budget. That's your argument for where the money should come from. The military budget. Again, the military budget. So they're talking about they're looking at shit 13 billion years away. Like, because like, it's, you try to wrap your head around what we're seeing here. And it is like the pictures they're putting out there is fucking amazing. Um, They put out one today. The image, the image they put out today. SMACS0723. Just a big group of galaxy clusters. Um, just showing old, distant, faint galaxies. Like, just try to think about that. And I know this, you know, space is kind of a nebulous concept for some people, but I just think it's so cool. And if you're interested at all, just, you know, go ahead and Google a little bit about the James uh, James Webb Space Telescope because, you know, we, we, we're, you know, we're ruining this planet. We got to go somewhere, guys. Got to go somewhere. So, anyway, that's... uh. That was my stuff I like because, well, the other thing I did was Thor. So, <laughs> Mark, what do you got? <laughs> yeah, not a ton this week. I Unfortunately, you know, it's not something I like, but I wanted to talk about. Um, we got the bad news on Friday that uh, Adult Swim is not renewing uh, Joe Para Talks with you. Oh, I brought son this of up a bitch. A, I brought this up a couple Sorry months ago when I first got into it. And, I mean, did you guys even watch the show? I, I watched a episode. clip on YouTube. But I'm, I'm going to take part of the blame here. I should, I should, well, I should no, watch no, no, it. No, no, no. It's, it's not even that. It's just like, I mean, I, you, I totally recommend that you do watch it. I think you both would enjoy it. It's just, it's that unique and fun. Um, but more to the point, it's just like, it was a rare, it's a very unique show. I think Joe Para has a very unique comedic voice. And Adult Swim was a really perfect kind of matchup where they let him kind of make his show. And it's unfortunate, obviously, you know, when they cancel it, he had a little uh, message on his website. And, you know, you could tell that he was a little disappointed because there was still he still had a story to tell. Right? I mean, look, at television shows get canceled. Nothing lasts forever. And, you know, a lot of times we see shows kind of, um, you know, go on maybe longer than they should where, you know, you kind of start losing the plot. And it definitely seemed like the show still had legs and a message to send. But that being said, like the three seasons we got were so good and you look at like the cup as a whole and it's like yeah the liquid in this cup is way better than what we missed out on so just the ability and i and i think too like he's still interested in continuing the show i think he could pitch it to other networks i think he could do a patreon i mean look he does a patreon like, was it doing well i mean i got canceled i guess it wasn't doing that well but yeah. i mean do you what are you thinking like get that shit on i mean i don't know netflix it's not buying stuff as much as they used to i'm trying to think what would be a good home for it mm uh, well, it's on HBO Max, and I kind of think, like, HBO is definitely a network that has let other people, like Nathan Fielder, who has a show called The Rehearsal, and um, I think it's John Wilson. I can't remember what his show's called. Like, those shows are kind of in that same vein, and I think HBO is another production house that kind of lets you kind of do your thing. But I think I cut off there. Um, I also think Patreon, how to with How to with John yes. Wilson? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is a very kind of unique comedic show. Um and I think, too, like, if he really wants to, I think he could easily self-fund this uh, through Patreon. And uh, I, was, I was trying to say before I cut off, like, day one, I'm there. I'll put down 50 bucks or 100 bucks because, like, this guy's really unique. And 
his show makes me happy. So like that's somewhere I'm more than happy to put some money on. So yeah, it was disappointing. Um, at the same time, he's doing a comedy tour. Me and Christine got tickets in September. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him do live standup. And he also mentioned too, that like he's working on a set. He's going to try to do a special and whether that gets picked up by somebody or he self produces it. Like he, he's too unique of a voice that like, he's not he has this isn't like the, yeah, I, I, got- yeah, Christine got me his uh, his book for my birthday or Christmas. It might have been Christmas. Um, and the book is just like the show. It's just like a, a written word. Book you know, he was like on he was on Bob's Burgers this year, right? Did you? Yeah, catch him? I, 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 okay. I immediately recognized his voice because he has such mm. a he has such a unique like way of speaking that mm. like after watching the show, like it's hard not to mimic him and just mimic his his joy i mean because really a lot of the show is just like taking joy in the simple things in life like going to the grocery store or taking a, a a fall drive or what have you i mean a lot of the premise of the show is just like there's a lot of good stuff around us even though there's a ton of bad shit around us that you know even we talk about from week to week um it's nice to kind of appreciate the small things so that's disappointing but like i'm not like devastated because i know he's going to turn up somewhere else whether he does another project whether he self-publishes something or does a stand-up special like mike he's uh he's he's going to be in brooklyn tomorrow for the dan and joe uh diving board show oh they're hosting a comedy 15 bucks that's it 15 bucks at the bell house in brooklyn uh just saying i've actually been to the bell house in brooklyn um Back when I used to listen to how to, how did this get made? They had a podcast there. Once. Yeah, I, don't, I think once. it's a show. He just I think he's there every week. Actually, now that I look at this, yeah, he's like, in New mostly, York. Like, I think he lives. There I think this is a, I think this is just like a show they host where they have other comedians on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's. Are you going so, to see him at the Cobbs? Just this is some big yeah. local question. Cobbs. Mm-hmm. Cobbs yeah. is fun, man. Good show. I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, oh, it, no, wait, no, independent. Wait, independent. Yeah, no, it is yeah. independent. Yeah, independent, no. yeah. Um, but yeah, we're excited to see. And I'll talk about that when, you know, it comes up. Uh, so that was unfortunate, but, you know, is what it is. You know, nothing lasts forever. Uh, and this other one's kind of like a deep pick. I just found this on YouTube. I have mentioned before that um, I, I kind of vaguely follow the, the fighting game community. Um, and they have some big events throughout the year. Evo's the biggest one. Bob, you might be familiar with the event that yep. happened about a month ago. CEO. Because mm-hmm. this one has a lot of crossover with pro wrestling, because a lot Alex of the Alex Trebailey, right? That's the guy who runs it, Alex Trebailey. I have no idea to be honest with you. Oh but... snap! I might have known something. Okay, go but ahead. I know, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think AEW's done some stuff, and I know um, Omega has like was there before and stuff. So CEO app happened a couple weeks ago, and I, I watched some events because I, I follow Justin Wong on YouTube, and, and he got he won um some games there but then this one kind of turned up out of nowhere and i was like oh this might be kind of fun um because if you never watched any of these tournaments i think what makes them fun is the announcers are there to not just break down what's happening and just allow you to kind of like understand like the nuance of the games but they're also kind of like hype men to kind of get you excited and potential storylines that are going on and i think it helps when the game itself is kind of fun and exciting so they actually and i guess they've been doing this for a while they do tournaments for def jam fight for new york and these guys are game. just going off about like how like fun and uh, honestly like a lot of it's like fucking broken. They're like this this game has forty characters, twenty five of them are banned because there's infinite strings. Like some of the stuff like you just can't beat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was a really and I haven't finished watching all of it. I think I'm in like the top four right now. But what a fun fighting game to have a tournament around and have these two announcers 
just talking about hip hop stars. One of the guy obviously watches wrestling. So he's like, Oh, shining wizard is like, Oh, that's a shining gangster. Cause a gangster just did it. And they're talking about how Luda is the best rapper in the world and stuff like that. It's just, M- it's Mike, a really are you a, Were you a Def Jam uh, video? Uh, what's it called? The fight for New York guy also, dude, that was like one of the greatest fighting uh-huh. games ever. Okay. That was the follow up we got to like those no mercy games. It was, that was it. We got the Def Yo, Jam games. The, me- <laughs> the mechanics, the mechanics were amazing. And also, it had a banger of a Death Jam soundtrack, all right? My friend got shot in the story mode, I remember. He got shot. Someone got shot. Um, De- Fight for New York was the second one? Yeah. Vendetta was the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was there and a third Vendetta one? was a little... Uh, they, they did make... It was called Death Jam Icon, and that was like for the 360, yeah. and it was not good. No one played it. Yeah, I mean, um, but, Def but, Jam, but yeah, I mean, I... I totally, I mean, I think if you had any interest in that game, watching the CEO event is really fun. There is narratives here, and this is in Florida. So this one guy is from Florida. He's talking about all his, you know, all the Florida boys that are in there and how, you know, everyone's just a little different in Florida. It, it's fun. I've really been enjoying it. And, and the game itself is like, it's easy enough to understand. Um, and it's quick too. Like, because I, I of- we should explain what the game is to people who some people did not play this 20 year old, old game. It's a, yeah it's a ps2 it's literally game. 2004 by the way can you play ps2 games on ps5 or not what happened there do we establish that no. i don't know if it's that backward compatible okay yeah no, i they, would play the shit that, out of this they have that playstation uh service now but it's only games that they've released on it so you can't just throw your ps2 disc in there so i mean what what makes um fight for new york a little different and i don't know if this was in the first one vendetta is that how you win is essentially you have to whittle down uh your opponent's health bar when it gets down low enough, there's a danger red zone, and that's where they're susceptible to being KO'd. So you're trying to KO yep. the other opponent, and there's lots of ways to do it. Um, you know, you have your your meter that you build up by you know doing combos and getting hits, and if you get hit, it lowers. But once you fill that out, you go blazing, right? And your character gets his big over the top super move. But there's also um, almost every arena has like walls that you can throw your opponent into, and you can do KOs through wall attacks. Or sometimes the wall is just a bunch of people. And I mean, the, the commentators love like, who the hell's this guy? He just grabbed uh, ice tea and then they, they start beating the shit out of him together. It's like, who is this guy? Like, Mike, brother? you still got your PS2? <laughs> I do not have a PS2. Do you have your regular Xbox? I have not had a PS2 in like 15 Yo, years. I'm just saying next time I'm in New York, we got to get this game and I'll tune your ass up with Joe Budden. Okay. I will tune your <laughs> ass up. Yeah. It's all rappers, guys. Um, yeah. The first, first game had, the first game had a was this the one without a ring because the first one had the ring at least yeah the first one I think, was uh, more in a ring this one, yeah yeah and this one was more like you're fighting in a power plant a junkyard yeah. there's one great. arena that is a ring um but yeah I would it, beat yeah. Bubba Sparks' ass so much Mike it made me so happy to beat up Bubba Sparks <laughs> I don't know why yeah I mean it I made really happy. I really recommend you know if you have any interest in in kind of learning about what that game is the, the CEO 2022 you know, top eight is a great video. It's just, it's just fun to watch. So I'm that's what I got this week. For sure. Marcus, do you still have your PSP and does it work? Um, I have a Vita and I haven't found it in the last like seven years. I think it's somewhere in my car, but you I don't, you never had a PSP. No, there go my man. I was seriously looking at this, uh, Def Jam fight for New York to take over. And I'm like, well, I'm buying Mark this for his birthday in a few months. For, for yeah, PSP. You, yeah. you could, you could, you could download some games, but I don't know if Def Jam was one of them on there. I don't know. This and looks, I think with I mean, licensing, it could be tough. Yeah. I don't know what the takeover version is. It might just be like a, oh, yeah, prequel. Probably a yeah. port. Yeah. Or something. A port. But yeah, Luda had a real good leg drop in those games. I remember that. Cause he had these big ass jeans. I don't know how you still remember that. Cause he had these big ass jeans. And I'm like, that there's a lot of air in that electron, man. <laughs> There's not a lot of leg in that those jeans. Um, Mike, 
What do you got this week besides tales of San Diego and their chill demeanor and excellent food? Uh, well, this isn't something something I like, but geez, there are a lot of homeless people in San Diego. Yeah, weather's nice, brother. That's what happens. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, like we we drove by some some streets where it's like, oh, there's a tent, there's a tent, there's a tent, there's a gigantic tent. How how if you can afford that tent? How are you homeless? Like that's that's impressive. Or are you just a very good thief? Um, actually, for me, it's a song I actually heard on um, the way to work today. I didn't have a chance to listen to New Music Friday that drops on Spotify as I normally do on Fridays. So I decided to listen to it. And it's weirdly enough from a guy who I've never really liked any of his stuff. It's uh, this guy named Joey Badass, and it's this song called uh, Survivor's Guilt. Uh, you, you look like you perked up right there, Bob. I know Joey Badass. Joey Badass was in, um, he also acted in, um, what was the show with Rami about hackers on USA? Mr. Robot. He was on Mr. Robot. And we also saw Joey Badass. Uh, I saw him for a minute or two when we went to Life is Beautiful. But yeah, I know what Joey Badass is. He, yeah, was good um, in, he was good in uh, Mr. Robot, but sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so I've never been a, a huge fan of any of his music. And this song comes on and it's, you know, it, it, it's a song talking about, you know, um, people like uh, close friends of his that had died previously. Um, I'm assuming doing whatever they were doing, you know, in, in the streets and shit. Um, and it's him feeling guilt for them not being here and him still being here and him coming to terms with it. And I don't know. It, it was to me, it was a very emotional song. I actually listened to it about two or three times on, on the way in. And uh, yeah, it actually got me kind of emotional, which is weird enough because, you know, I've never been in the streets, never had anyone die like that. But I think it spoke more to just, you know, regrets and, um, losing loved ones in your life in no matter what avenue or format it's in and uh i really enjoyed it right on um all right we'll try to figure out how to play def jam fight for new york Probably by the way i thought later I, I realized i just totally forgot to sell my playstation 4 like i just forgot about that i have two of them in my house right now too i was tasked with selling my brothers so i wonder if the best buy will give me any money for them um maybe like some shoelaces or something it was 80 bucks when i looked like late last year this is what they were mm. mm. we'll yeah. see yeah we'll see um maybe they didn't let me keep my controllers might be some used to those um all right i think that's all we got for this week um we'll be back next week uh where we are going to uh i don't know we'll see if nate said some wild shit if nothing else sure. We will talk about this London card where we lost we lost Darren Till, man. I really was looking forward to that because everybody wants Darren Till and um, and Izzy to finally have to happen eventually. Mm -hmm. I just don't think Darren Till is going to win enough fights for us to. Yeah. He just, I mean, no offense to the guy, it's just not happening, you know, the way this his career goes. But Tom Aspinall, Curtis Blades, and Patty Pimblett's on the card too against Jordan Levitt and... I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm 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 looking at that Molly Meatball Monty Patty Pimblet parlay. That duo seems to like winning and celebrating together. So that should be fun, and you know, we'll talk about that next week. Um, and in two weeks we'll be back on pay per view again because the UFC's got to ring every dollar out of these fans they can. So, 
Um, just UFC is constantly in constant shakedown mode with their fan base. It's amazing to me. It's no, no, no one treats it's, it's amazing anyway all right we'll be back next week thank you all so much for listening to the show we always uh, really appreciate it um we'll be back next week as i mentioned seeing if we got ourselves a new contender at 145 previewing this ufc london card um and until then i was dr law that was dj mark that was the legend lavender gooms see y'all next week peace out see ya peace Remember when, like, I said, like, we're going to be one of those podcasts that just talks over our ending here, where I can barely hear you guys? So are we actually still going to be doing that? I mean, I think I might have talked about it two weeks ago, and did we didn't do it last week? I don't remember. But, you know. I think we actually did do it last week. Yeah, so this is, you know, us trying to talk here with about yeah. 10 seconds left in the I'm podcast. Not, I'm not going to lie. My throat has been killing me for, like, the last two days. But that's from all that Bible study at San Diego. <laughs> exactly. Bible study. Bye, guys. See ya.